Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of And Why. My name is Annie Law and I'm the host of this podcast. So this podcast episode is essentially a girl talk, but with a guy. So it's essentially a guy talk. Um, it's one with it's one with one of my closest friends, Dominique, and just a little background about him. Dominique is currently a senior at Brooklyn College, and he is striving to become a film person, but he doesn't want people to know that, so it's a secret between us. He essentially wants to do film, um, any aspect of the industry he wants to get into, but if you know if that doesn't happen, he is a communications major, so he's going to be doing anything in that particular field. It's really exciting to talk to him because he always has a different insight on things, hence we wanted, we wanted to do a podcast together. This podcast episode is a little touchy. And it touches upon a lot of different topics that people don't really want to discuss, at least not publicly. So to make this publicly is kind of interesting. The conversation is going to go into different directions, but essentially you talk about the same things. And it's usually just, you know, conversations that we have privately, but we decided to do a podcast on it together. And we touched upon American cultural and political systems and why they may be flawed in different areas and why we see these issues now, especially especially with COVID-19, why we see all these problems unravel itself. And it's because it's been there for a long time for the wrong reasons. And another thing that we touched upon was like human nature and how um, technology has kind of made life way too convenient and we are struggling to find problems that we can physically um, mentally solve so we touched upon that and we also touched upon capitalism and why that's creating this narrative in our nation this this nationalism and it's perpetuating this narrative that we are the best in America, but is that really true? So we're going to be touching, touching upon all those things, and it's a really tricky topic, and this podcast episode is going to be using some curse words as well, so if you are not into hearing those things, it's completely okay, but I do suggest you listen to it if you're open-minded to a certain degree to these kind of topics because I think it's still good to get a different perspective on different things even if the if their perspectives disagree or conflict with yours it's still good to expand your strain of thought in certain areas so if you guys are interested keep you know listening and without further ado let's get into the podcast So how are you? Did you finish your teaching class? Yeah, I finished uh, most of it. I still got some left to do, but I'm lazy. So <laughs> I'll leave oh for gosh. tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of classes going. Like, well, you have one summer class, right? I, yeah, I got a summer class I'm taking for Brooklyn College. I got the teaching class. And I got the internship for Brooklyn College also. So is the internship every day? It's like a weekly thing. You get like assignments. I'm pretty much in charge of doing interviews. uh, Well, contacting people to do interviews for the specific uh, BC bound program. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lot because there's just a lot of waiting around and just waiting for people to reply and set up times and all that stuff. So it can be very tedious, but yeah. 
So are you like interviewing high school students? Uh, no, they're college students and they vary in age quite a bit. Uh, it could be anyone who just graduated high school and, you know, wants to come directly into the into Brooklyn College. It could be like someone in their 30s who got a GED and they want to jumpstart their college career. And um, that's pretty much what, what it is. But m- my job is just collecting uh, footage from interviews and editing them together to create uh, an info video and also a video for um, uh, potential investors in the program. So that's pretty much my, the entire capacity of my job that, that is required of me is just record and edit. Mm, okay. No wonder why you're so busy. You're yeah. so busy now. So um, how was your 2020? Like 2020 has been such a crazy year. Um, it's only We're only halfway through it. And, you know, now we're seeing all these injustices and, you know, systematic problems. Um, so how was your 2020? Um, <laughs> like, how was your quarantine? It, I mean, 2020 itself started off pretty good, uh, honestly, you know. True. It, things were looking up. True, it uh, was good. And, uh, but yeah, it kind of went to hell in March. And like, I, I remember the first, uh, like phase of like, I, it was already kind of, kind of off to a weird start with the whole possible world war three situation going on and then Kobe passing and everyone was like, this year is just going to get worse and worse. And that was kind of a meme at that point. But, you know, in, I remember in <laughs> March kind of turned into reality because, you know, like my job closed down you know like for the foreseeable future and i'm like all right it's probably gonna be like a month or so mm-hmm. but here we are in mid-june and you know it, it's been it's been insane you know I, i've never been inside this long i don't like being inside this long. <laughs> and it was just, it was so weird how quick everything just changed out of nowhere and you it, like you have to get used to it really quick too because there wasn't any time to like mm-hmm. adjust to anything you just had to jump on you know everything being mobile and, you know, distance and it became normal to go out and you know, wait online for 30, 40 minutes just to get some groceries. And you yeah. would think that's something that, you know, that's unheard of, but it became normal so quick and everyone just accepted it. It was, it was so weird. I know. And, and then just as people thought it was going to get better, it got worse. Worse, with yeah. like With like, um, like shootings and now there's like the protests going on which is not bad but it is worse in terms of like there's so many things are unraveling within our systems and people were saying like you know i wouldn't be surprised if i saw ufos in the next month like out in the open just flying around saying yeah i mean <laughs> the craziest part about that whole thing is like the whole ufo thing is because nasa already like announced some insane stuff about the possibility of there being a parallel universe and no one is even mentioning it. Like no one said anything about it. This is, and if that ends up being true, it could be the most monumental discovery in human history. Like something that no, we've always talked about in, you know, like in science fiction films and stuff like that. Like the fact that there's, and, and they have some pretty concrete, um, I wouldn't say evidence, but you know, like just certain things that they're poking around with that it, it, could turn out to be true but no one no one's talking about that like and i i think it kind of like it kind of makes you realize mostly about where people's attentions lie and you know yeah 
it's yeah it's it's kind of weird and somehow selfish also uh, I, I guess i think it's also like we, we jump on these bandwagons because the media and everything so we we care about things that the world cares about just so we don't feel left out so yeah i think it is a bit selfish but no the alien thing was just a joke but yeah, now yeah, that you've mentioned it <laughs> are you serious i thought it was actually well, I mean, no, it doesn't has nothing to do with aliens, but like it's just the fact that we discovered this thing that is so beyond us as a species, and True. we're not even really focused on it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's it's been such a weird six months, and it's only half the year. I know. I keep forgetting there's a whole other six months. It felt like a whole year has gone by, though. I didn't oh, yeah. feel like it was six I mean, months. Enough happened for like five years in terms of events. <laughs> Like there's just been so much, <laughs> too much to keep up with. I don't know. It's, Maybe not five years, but yeah, I agree. I mean, think about the last five years and what's happened. That's this insane. Like, you know, <laughs> relatively not as crazy as it's been, you know. And like my my biggest worry is if this is going to be normal, if just yeah. going to keep escalating and escalating and escalating. And yeah, I think. I think the pandemic might, well, definitely slow down a bit, but then the people are talking about a second wave happening in fall or winter, mm-hmm. like with the flu season. So oh, just, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. But I, I th- it's putting everything on pause. And what do you see after Corona, if there is an after? Um, well, I mean, I hope there's an after, but honestly, like we're moving towards I think this was like a jump start to like just mobilization of a lot of uh, industries. Like there's, there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of people out of jobs, you know, be, like especially anyone who's an office cleaner or something like, like my mom, they're going to be uh, put in a weird position because now the workers who work in these offices, you know, have, they have all their setups at home and they don't want to come back. You know, they want to work from home indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And, that's going to affect everything so differently because there's going to be a lot of spaces now that's just unused and businesses are going to be set up differently. And like everything's going to be done in this weird, you know, remote way. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I always saw that as the future, like that's eventually what's going to end up happening is because, you know, technology advanced so much that you don't really need to go to an office to finish stuff you need to do on a computer anyway. And right. Um, but it's, it's the kind of the speed that it's happening in that's really weird because like, I don't think we have enough time yet to just completely go from one, one whole system of living to another in just a matter of a few months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of companies are already announcing that they will, um, put in these contingency plans of working from home like probably for a long time like I think Google said that they said that they would probably let people work from home and it's it's good for the employees and the company as well because they don't have to pay as much overhead fees Mm -hmm. so I think I think this would be the new wave of like oh working from home working from your computer Um, this is like something that entrepreneurs and influencers get to experience but now it's like a um, national workforce thing, and I, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 
it's new. But it's not. For sure. It's not good for definitely people like your mom and people who need to work, you know, in person and all that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's gonna create a weird economic shift. I mean, the economy is already kind of in the toilet because, of, <laughs> well, obviously, what's happening, but um, it's just um, how the government is gonna plan to recover from all this, and mm-hmm. if if about. I think it's like 40% of the jobs that were lost are lost forever, apparently. Uh, don't, yeah. just, don't take my word for it. Take that with a grain of salt because I just, I think I saw it somewhere. But yeah. if that's true, then that's a big problem because whole industries are going to need to shift in order to accommodate new jobs. And if there's not enough jobs, there's, you know, the economy is just not going to flourish and it's just going to keep going and deteriorating. So, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's the weird thing, and it's it's for once, it's not just here, you know. It's, yeah. it's, all, it's all over the it's, world, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. Like it's it's just a, it's an odd situation because I mean the whole world is experiencing it differently, uh, but I think America is always you know on competition to pretty much be number one, and I guess we are number one in deaths and infections and. Uh, economic loss and just all the worst stuff so yeah we're we're gonna feel it for sure in the next five years yeah no for sure i mean even china like it i read somewhere that you know they're still recovering even though you know they've been better they're still recovering from this economic distress and everything because Mm -hmm. it put so much on pause that getting back to normal is, is scary um and i think this time was also good for a lot of people to reflect on what's really important. And, you know, we, we, we talked about this um, privately about like the Black Lives Matter. And we talked about, you know, how people are seeing the things that are problematic in our society and trying to change it now. And I think because of that, a lot of people's like dirty laundry is also blasted as well. So people who are trying to be supportive or say their peace, they're they're being on blast. So like you mentioned, Ansel Elgort. Elgort. Yeah. Like a lot of people, oh, another friend of mine mentioned Leah Michelle from Glee and people who um, have committed things or done things um, that, have, that has hurt another community. Um, maybe if it's indirectly, but it's still like all blasted out there now. I think it's a good time to unravel yeah. all those things. I think it's because people have time. I mean, yeah. a, a, lot of, a lot of these protests that happened, you know, in the past with, you know, Trayvon and Michael Brown and all of them, uh, you know, they had some, you know, stamina to them, but they didn't really, they couldn't last as long because people had lives and, you know, they, they had to go to work and, you know, there was just, people did not have the time that they have now. And now people, that's all they have. And mm-hmm. once you get enough people who are angry already, and kind of add fuels to that fire you know you can't expect anything less than you know that fire to spill and cause a lot of damage it's you know it, it's just something that i think is pretty obvious that, that that it would have happened and i think the circumstance of it happening in this time just created like this perfect scenario for everyone who is pissed off to just you know go out there and you know pretty much tell the system to go fuck itself and I think that's it, it couldn't have happened in a better time. And it what happened was tragic and awful, but 
in one way I'm, I'm, I'm glad it happened now over like six months ago, because if it happened six months ago, this wouldn't even be mentioned currently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the circumstances now have definitely affected how everything is, is being perceived because people just have time to, you know, get involved in politics. And I, I really don't think I've ever seen anyone in our age range be this involved in mm -hmm. systematic change and you know politics and law and all, all, all this kind of stuff so um, it's it's really cool to see and it's really interesting and it's already getting some result but um i mean obviously i have some criticisms over how everything is being handled from both sides yeah but i have a lot of criticisms for everything so i guess it's just a fault <laughs> of mine but, but yeah i mean I think overall it's a really good thing that um, that is happening, but um, I think my biggest issue with it's not 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 the movement at all. Um, I think it's just with America and American culture in general. It's how mm. it's so self-centered in everything, and um, it really doesn't involve anything else in it. I'm, I'm I'm really glad that Yemen is getting a lot of attention now and everything that's going on in Southeast Asia and things like that. But like that's still in, in the background, you know. It's not being talked about as much as it should because uh, our problems are bad for sure, and there's no denying that in any way. But they are nothing compared to what's happening in certain right. areas of the world. And you know, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't worry about the things here because of course we should. You know, we live here. You can't fix the world if you can't fix your own home. But I just think the rest of the world is kind of being ignored and kind of put aside for the convenience of it. And I, I see a lot of boycotts of a lot of companies and stuff like that, but I don't see any boycotts for Apple or, you know, any like Zara or H&M or all these brands that completely exploit slave labor in uh, China and Southeast Asia. And if, if this is a movement that's about, you know, stopping the oppressor, it can't just be focused in one area. You know, we, we got to talk about the rest of the world. You know, we're more globalized now than ever. And we don't mention the fact that like the phones that we have are produced entirely on slaves in China, in companies and factories where they have nets around the building so that these people can't even kill themselves if they wanted to. You know, it's, it's this insanely depressing situation. Mm -hmm. And and, and that's what pisses me off the most is when, when I see like, you know, people tr and, and I'm sure they mean well, but they're just so uninformed in, in certain aspects of, of what's really happening. And they, they kind of push aside and don't even focus on, um, on these things because it doesn't benefit their movement and, 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 the, and their cause. And I think that's, I think that's the worst part about living in America in general, because this, this culture, this American culture is incredibly selfish and very self-centered and they don't really give a shit about anyone but themselves. And it's reflected on everything else. It's reflected on how terrible the police policing system is it's, uh, reflected on how awful the antitrust laws have become and how pretty much there's a few companies that monopolize the entire country. And it's, it's all based on self-centeredness and based on, you know, uh, making a quick buck for yourself and, you know, fuck the world mm -hmm. you know, or America. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. I, I understand um, most of that. I think there is a level of 
greed um, in the system where you, they just want money and they don't really care whoever they exploit, whether it's here or elsewhere. Um, I wouldn't say that people don't care about Yemen. I do see people like sharing and um, talking about it because the mass media isn't talking about it. Mm-hmm. But social, a lot of people on social media is like trying to pick up on it and to sure. spread the word. So I think... I think it's um, it's not that the people don't care. I think it's, again, the systems in America that kind of perpetuate this kind of narrative that like this 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 level of like nationalism and just like, oh, Americans and our best and like we are, you know, number one, like you said, yeah. and it, it, it kind of narrows our view on the world. Because and that's kind of a root of a lot of the problems we have here, anyways. Because we have all these, you know, racism and just like you know, we are the best, so we're better than all these other races. Um, and and they forget the beauty of America, which is you know, freedom and liberty and um, accepting people of all kinds of races and all ethnicities. So, so yeah, yeah I think yeah, a, I think that's like an idealized version of America because. Yeah. As much as I would like to think that that's what Americans want is to accept all races and all cultures and stuff like that, you know, the history of this country doesn't show that. It shows that it takes immigrants and people that it pretty much it supports and works them to near death and doesn't really give them anything else. And the very few that are able to, you know, persevere and, you know, make it big in this country. You know, they are the ones that, that perpetuate this, you know, America is the land of opportunity and this kind of stuff. And I'm not saying it's not because there's a lot of great things that America has going for itself. Um, but I, I just think that, you know, this whole idea of everyone being equal was just never a part of America. And mm-hmm. I think I think we're getting closer to it as time goes on. And I think mm-hmm. there will be eventually a point where it'll be as close to it as it can be. Because if if, if you're supporting a capitalist system, there is no choice but to have a slave class. That's just how capitalism works. And I, I remember the, the the first time, the first time I um, um, heard about this, I, I was in, in forensic science class, and my professor, this really really smart dude, he was explaining to us that you know without slave labor, we couldn't afford almost anything that we have in our house, and anything that we need to you know properly function in society today. Like like your iPhone, for example, if it was made by union labor jo- jobs, it will cost $23,000. Mm-hmm. And that's insane. You know, that's that's how much a car costs. So, and that's capitalism for you. You know, like you take the cheapest options possible and and that's how it's allowed to, to function. And unless there's an overhaul in the system completely, then this this inequality is going to be a part of, uh, life forever and it's, it's unavoidable and I think now that I think people more and more are starting to realize that like in, in they're expressing it like in, in, in art and in films and in song and writing it's like it's it's become something that's become so apparent that this is going to be this is not going to fix itself unless we completely change absolutely everything about the way we live and mm-hmm. as you can see that's a very very tough sell you know to completely overhaul the world yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I, I agree with what you said. And, and, and that's, that's the problem with um, the systems. Again, it, it's hard to 
bring them all down if not everyone in America is not on board with it. Um, I, I mentioned the liberties and everything because we live in New York City. So like even in New York City, we see a, a bit of oppression and microaggressions, but it's it's less obvious here than it is in like, you know, middle America or um, where, you know, all these people still live in the past and still trying to perpetuate the the white narrative, um, the white savior narrative and everything. So and they're trying to bring America back to um, like what Donald Trump calls America great again. So they're trying to push for this um, capitalistic nature and they don't they don't see the problems that we see probably because we're in new york city and we see the the issues and everything i mean honestly the whole concept of microaggression is you know kind of something that like <laughs> i'm probably gonna get a lot of people that get pissed at me at this but it, it, it is a sign of somewhat being privileged in you know in a first world country because i mean if you're living in, in a third world country uh, that's the last thing on your mind Mm-hmm. And you're you're thinking about, you know, m- more akin to life and death than you are about if someone's going to upset you and, and your emotions. And I, I feel like it, we're incredibly lucky to even have the time to think about that kind of stuff, because right. as you know, as someone who luckily came here at at at, at eight, uh, at the age of eight, and grew up in New York, and thankfully, you know, I've I've, I've had a you know, I've never really gone without since I came to America. The first about eight years of my life, it was terrible. And and I mean that in the sense that we didn't really have anything. And, and the the situation that we were put into was out of our, our control. And it was pretty hectic. I, I was born in 97. And about seven or eight months after I was born, there was an attempted genocide on my country of Kosovo from the neighboring nation, Serbia. And I was too young to remember it, uh, thank God. But um, from stories I've heard from my grandfather and, and my dad and my uncles and stuff who had to literally fight uh, to survive, you know, it it makes me feel like a complete piece of shit, honestly, because mm-hmm. like, I, I complain about things that I shouldn't even be complaining about. And, you know, like I, I remember my, my grandpa telling me that, uh, he was about to get murdered once, but if it wasn't for his dogs who kind of just ran at the soldiers who were trying to kill him and they took the bullets instead, he would be a goner. And there there goes the breadwinner for the family. And they had to live in the mountains and leave their own homes. And and men, like they would come in the middle of the night and take the men from the families and line them up and, and, and you know, execute them. And and this was this was normal life for, for a good year over there. And, and when that ended you know, it, everything kind of started falling back into place. And it was just this weird situation of people really moved on because they didn't want to dwell on that, on that factor. And I remember like when I was growing up, um, in, in my house, it, it was completely normal. We, we had this reader that read the amount of electricity we used that we would pay to the, to the government. Mm-hmm. And I remember we, we had such little money <laughs> that we would kind of rig rig it and put a little piece of plastic on the reader so it wouldn't read the electricity we were using which is highly illegal and we had to always keep the door locked like all the time just in case you know they suspected something and they came knocking on our door and every time we heard a door knock we would go to that and pull out the little tape and you know have it running back to normal 
and and I thought that was that was the norm, you know. And when I came here and I found out that you know lights, you know the light, the power doesn't go out almost ever. I was like mm-hmm. blown away. I was like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" Like this, is like I'm living the future, you know. <laughs> I, like, I, like I remember seeing um, Manhattan from um, the Whitestone Bridge, and I was mm-hmm. like, I was in awe. Like, look at those giant buildings. Like the, the tallest building I'd seen was like what, like ten, fifteen stories. And there were these giant behemoths of you know of skyscrapers, and I, I was blown away. And I remember like since then, I've always had this idea in the back of my mind that I've always hated complain even though I do it like I guess I'm a hypocrite in a sense I'll complain about really petty shit and then you know just think about the stuff that my family has back home now compared to what I have here and it kind of makes me feel like crap because like the situation here is so good and I, I think it was uh uh this uh, one of my favorite authors uh, Dostoevsky he was talking about how uh people kind of romanticize the idea of suffering uh, and kind of like they create into this whole like narrative thing as if like they're playing a hero in a part because no, no matter what we have like you see millionaires killing themselves you know no matter mm-hmm. what we have we're always always going to be finding something else to worry about and and to stress over and that is really sad to think about because like you know if you have someone who barely has anything at all and is living on a farm and you know has to really strive to make a living and you have you know multi-millionaires uh, offing themselves then there's a real problem there that should be apparent to a lot of people that you know no matter how much you have uh that's not going to fix anything and yeah it's, it's it's a really weird situation when you have a country that has that has it all and i wouldn't say has it all that's because you know america has so many problems but a country that definitely has most of the things that it needs and more than most countries in the world by a lot. And there's still so many issues and it makes you question, will, will, you know, will there ever be a solution to, to this stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I, th- I think your story about um, com- coming to America with little is um, definitely a story. A lot of immigrants also tell, um, no, sure. no matter the situation they uh, or no matter the country they come from they are they, they they always talk about how america has provided them with a lot more but yet they still see people you know complain and they um the ungratefulness of their children who mm-hmm. aren't born with who are born into this kind of world like they don't see the um the things they've gone through but they talk about it so they they emphasize to be the, the importance of being grateful for things that we have here. And yeah, I agree. I think that's the part that that's the point with like first world problems, you know, because America, the convenience level is just out of outworldly, you know, yeah, We're so, it's sure. so, it's so convenient here. We can literally order anything and have everything and deliver it to us without ever leaving the house. It's just, I think our situation with the pandemic is probably the most, like, I mean, obviously people are dealing with the worst situations as well, but, you know, we are having it a lot easier than, let's say, Yemen, um, yeah. who are, you know, out of 100 people, probably 50 don't have enough food. So it's, I think we forget that we're very privileged and we have first world problems like someone writing our na- name wrong on a Starbucks cup, 
those yeah. little things that shouldn't matter at all, but those become our problems because we don't have problems, like real problems that we're challenged by. So, and I, I don't want, see, I don't want to be like um, controversial either, but I think that's what, that's where all these like um, depression is coming from and For people sure. who are, you know, not content with their lives is because things are coming way too easy for them and their lives are not challenged or purposed by anything other than money or or to um, climb this like corporate ladder or their life is just too easy. I think Um, nothing is challenging them. Nothing is propelling their lives forward or making it more meaningful. And that's why a lot of people are like suffering. They romanticize suffering because they want to experience hardship and they want to experience something that would make their lives more meaningful. Um, kind of like your story with Kosovo. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I feel like if you, once you actually experience it, there's nothing really romantic about it. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's just awful and, you know, you, you don't want to deal with it. And if I could go back and, you know, have it easier to, you know, come here and not be mm-hmm. turned away four times and, you know, be sent home from Austria after a grueling trip. Uh, I, I would definitely take that over, over what happened because, you know, it's, it, it's very taxing and, you know, luckily I, I was too young to really have any of this stuff affect me long-term, but, you know, my mom wasn't and my dad wasn't. And, you know, like my dad coming here was arrested in Detroit and he was pretty much beaten and just shit on by the, the police there. And, mm-hmm. Because, you know, he wasn't from here and, you know, he didn't speak English and, you know, he was just a dirty immigrant. And and he, and he was going there illegally. So um, once they found out, you know, they kind of just like, they're like, oh, whatever. And, and they let him go. But the automatic assumption is you don't belong here and you shouldn't be here. And, yeah. and, and that's the worst because, and it's funny because my dad is, you know, he, he he loves his country and you know he he thinks that this country has done so much for him but there comes again you know the view like the perspective of how things were and how like if you think my upbringing was bad like it's nothing compared to the shit he went through and mm-hmm. it's you know it, and and that's why i think a lot of immigrant parents and stuff like that feel this uh entitlement from their kids and all that stuff because because they are and because these problems are their biggest problems and and it's not even it's not even the kid's fault it's just the world is easier to live in now which is a good which is a good thing but at the same Mm -hmm. time it's created this this um, weird scenario where you know the smallest problems now become these overblown issues and and there's no perspective anymore there's no like uh, context between what what is a real problem and you know what's something that you really shouldn't uh kind of stress over and you know now you have kids who are like 14 15 years old who are depressed and trying to kill themselves which is insane you know and as someone who who has gone through the depression it really was the fact that i i I felt like i had no purpose for Mm -hmm. anything i felt like I, i didn't know where my life was going and i was stressing over this this stuff and I guess if it's one thing that that our generation definitely doesn't have as good 
have a time dealing with as the old generation is is what we're going to do with our lives because their their lives were pretty much set in stone you know you you like um are a farmer you're born to a farming family and you're going to grow up and be a farmer and die one you know it's <laughs> pretty straightforward uh-huh. but with us it's all right you know you have every opportunity you could possibly need and mm-hmm. if you fuck that up you are a fuck up and that's pretty much how, how it is you know there, there's no uh clear solution anymore you know like, like there's no direction exactly and right. it's, it's left up to you and and there's so much input from everyone else like you should be doing this you should be doing that you should be doing something else and no one really lets you do what you want to do and sometimes what you want to do you realize is stupid and makes no goddamn sense but you realize mm-hmm. too late and right. and that's that's i think the biggest factor in in this whole um this whole uprising in, in depression in, in teens and in young adults is because they, they have no no direction in life and and they don't know they don't know what to do and they they haven't been challenged enough to, to deal with it to deal with the jump in difficulty that life brings you know like it's like yeah. you know, going from high school to college you know in high school i, I don't think i I really don't think I went even to half of my classes at senior year and <laughs> I graduated with, I think with like an 87 or something. It was a joke. Then I went to college and I got like, a, I think I had a 1.9 GPA in my first semester. What? Yeah. I did not know like, this. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, ter- I mean, like it's much higher now, but I was like shocked. I was like, what the hell? Like I, I was riding through high school. Like why, why is it so, so hard now? And, and I was frustrated and I was angry and I was sad and depressed and, but that was the problem is like there is no challenge like there kids are constantly supposed to be challenged all the time that's just how that's how you that's how you grow as a, as a child into an adult you have to learn things constantly otherwise when you get to a certain age you are not equipped enough to deal with the reality that you're living in and reality is fucked up and cruel and that's just the way it is and it's how it's always going to be because that's how people are you know you, people are aren't all nice and great and a lot of people who are terrible end up in positions of power and, that, and that's just how it is. And if you don't have the tools required to deal with that, then you are screwed. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's, I wouldn't blame, you know, all the children, like, like it, it's all their fault. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's definitely not. something they were born into. They didn't, they didn't have enough, um, information or 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 encounter any situations where they had to challenge themselves but it's also i feel like it's the parents fault because like you said you know people who are immigrants they do see the entitlement in their kids but it's also because they they want the best for their kids so they give them what they didn't have so it it becomes like well i want a better life for my kids because I, i don't want them to go through what i went through and then it becomes they deal with things differently and they see things differently and they don't there aren't challenged in any way um, like they were um, to make them tougher for real life. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think that's also why like a lot of immigrant parents, like I'm sure yours included, like they, they just seem so much stronger than uh, the rest of the people who live here because they've dealt with way more so all this stuff seems like you know nothing to them (laughs) so and that's that's 
something I honestly envy because, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, my parents kind of just scoff at that I'm like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> how, how can you react this way? And, mm-hmm. and, and that, that, that's kind of, but again, comes to this weird, you know, paradox where uh, that can only really happen if for the first, I would say like, like 10 to 15 years of your life, you're going through some very, very hard shit. And then the rest of your life, you are put in a situation where everything is much easier, which is impossible. It's like this really weird um, kind of uh, space to put yourself in because that's just now, that's not how it is for everybody. You know, like a lot of people are just sometimes they live their whole lives in that situation and can't experience something a little easier, like, you know, living in America. And then you have people who are, who are born here, who are raised here and live and die here, who you know, don't know what it's like for a lot of these people who came from these countries that are much more difficult to live in. And uh, they, they can't ever really be that understanding of, yeah. of it. Just like, and, and that's, that's why I have a really big problem with um, like the response to the whole Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that. Like when they say like, oh, it's all lives matter and all that. And because, because first of all, you don't know how it feels to be a black person in this country. I don't know how it feels to be a black person in this country. I'm not a black person. So mm-hmm. I, I, I can't know. I don't know how it feels for a black person to be called the N-word because I'm not black. I don't know. You know, this is not mm-hmm. something, that, something that I can uh, experience. I think South Park did an episode on this that was so good uh, where uh, one of the characters' dads, he says the N-word on live television and then the son is constantly talking to one of his black uh, uh, like uh, friends in school He's like, don't worry, dude, I get it. I know I'm really sorry. He said that he's just stupid. Like, I get it. And, and then the black guy's like, no, you don't get it. And it takes him the whole episode to realize, oh, yeah, I don't get it because I can never, ever get it because I, I'm, not, I'm not in that situation. And and that's that's where a lot of this, you know, understanding needs needs to come from. It's, it's, instead of sympathizing with someone, you got to learn to empathize with them. Like, you, you can't be put directly in their shoes, but you have to at least understand that their experience is very different from yours. And you can't even like begin to comprehend how someone's life is compared to yours. And mm-hmm. that that's one of the, and that's something that not even immigrant parents and stuff like that who come to this country understand. But as someone who, who I, I got really lucky that I came here at eight, because if I was there a little longer, I, I would be sharing a lot of the values that they have. But mm-hmm. I was able to take the values that, that my country holds, which are some of them are really good and some of them are really bad. And I was able to come here and learn about uh, different perspectives and different and different situations. And luckily, I was able to then understand that I will never understand certain things. And you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But just because I don't understand it doesn't mean I have to completely ignore someone else's perspective of it. And mm-hmm. if people only got that, if people only understood that, I I feel like things would just be way smoother in in this country. But unfortunately some people just have thick skulls and they just don't want to <laughs> accept anything yeah. no i agree my parents are like that too they just yeah. they hold certain values that just will never change like no matter how much i sit them down and talk to them there's just always this in their subconscious what they've been etched into their brain it's it's hard to change and I feel like that's the same for people in this country too, to be honest. Um, 
And those are the people in power too, which is sucks even more. Yep. Um, but yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I wanted to touch upon um, the part where you talked about kids growing up with now with the paradox of choice, just too much choices and they kind of get overwhelmed with which one's right and which one's wrong and taking a lot of things into um, consideration. Um, a, lo- a lot of people, I've, I was in a psychology class and he talked, he talked about this in depth and he was saying that um, women used to have a very certain direction that they're going to go to and they're going to marry someone, they're going to have kids and they're going to be a housewife. Um, and when it all changed was when women were given the right to do the things that they want in life um, while being a housewife, while like being a mom and everything. So we see higher rates of depression in women now because they have this paradox of choice. They, they, they have all these career options that they can, they can go for, but they, they also have um, this responsibility of like being a mother and, um, carrying that burden and everything. So what do you think of those obstacles? Um, like that paradox of choice? Hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a weird circumstance that women are put into specifically. And, you know, it's, it's not, um, a surprise to me, honestly, why women are, are depressed more and more given this paradox of choice, because the whole system of, capitalism and and labor and stuff like that was kind of centered around men uh, since the beginning of time and you know men are the ones that have the most free time and women are the ones that give birth and so it's it's created this this weird situation now where again as long as capitalism persists it's not something that's gonna be easy on women it's 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 very very difficult to be in that situation and there's certain countries who, who have kind of dealt with this better than others like you know um, the Scandinavian countries have some fantastic uh, kind of uh, laws put in place for, um, you know, parental leave and stuff like that and mm-hmm. for both mothers and fathers. But um, most of the world hasn't caught up yet in that sense. And right. it's, it's very, it's just a weird situation for women because like women are now waiting longer and longer to have kids because if they have kids, then they're not going to have time to do what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. And then they get scolded for that. They get kind of put in this shitty position. Like, you know, like, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? Like what, what you're born to do. And because, because if they do that, then their whole lives are going to be dedicated to that child. I mean, when like my parents have said this and a lot of other parents have said this, when you have a kid, your life is no longer your own. It's about that kid now. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a problem if you, if you want to do something with your life. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think uh, it, and unless there's a, a drastic change in, in the system and how things work out, there's, there's going to be this, you know, constant, I think um, like dynamic, like, not even dynamic. It's just that women are always going to be placed in this position. That's uh, a more difficult position than men mm. in terms of, yeah wanting a career and and uh a career that you know a long-lasting career at least because yeah. they, they don't have the option of you know taking some years to be a mom and then going back to that career and if right. that was an option then i think things would be much better but yeah women are, are still put in, in this crappy position and as for 
for uh, people our age and like and like young kids. Um, I think it just it comes down to um, the input that they get from from other people because I mean, like it even happened to me. I remember when I was in college for the first uh, first couple of years, I, I was in in film. I was I was a film major, and you know that's ultimately what I would like to do is you know make films but i got so much like backlash from my family like you know you can't do that like what if you just end up you know not doing anything with it or like just you know it turns to shit and you have no backup and and they kind of like it scared the shit out of me so i switched to a communications major and now i'm a communications major even though i still want to want to focus on on you know filmmaking mm-hmm. but um yeah like it's and, and that shit kind of messed me up too because i was constantly thinking about like well you know like they're probably right. Like, what if I just never ever do anything with my life, and and like this never works out, and I have nothing to fall back on, and and then I'm screwed forever, and you know there goes my life. So, and I think when when you're given with that, when you're given that situation, that turns into depression and, and stress, and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a woman um, exclusive problem. I, I would say that it's this generation in general and even the older generations who are exposed to social media now and they they see the different opportunities that they can um, pursue. Um, So it's it's not a problem that's exclusive to anyone actually, or in any part of the world. I think a lot of people are dealing with this. Like they see um, the different opportunities that are laying out for us now. And it's so hard to figure out which one's, the right one um and if it's the right time and place and if they're mentally prepared to uh, pursue it so yeah, yeah. but yeah, you talked about capitalism a lot what do you think should be i mean you know we have we have i feel like america does have some socialist aspects to our system mm-hmm. For but sure. like what would you propose to be the solution to that then because it's hard to remove capitalism from america Communism. completely no, 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 <laughs> that is yeah. just as bad as capitalism if not worse actually yeah but, um yeah i mean I, I think the thing that uh the problem the biggest problem i have with, with uh, communism and people who preach it uh because they are the dumbest people on earth um they are the thing is they don't understand and they completely just disregard human nature and that the fact that we are going to work more and when we work more we expect more so you're telling me that a janitor and a doctor are going to be paid the same Mm -hmm. when when a doctor or surgeon needs 12 years of schooling uh Mm -hmm. to do what they do that will never work ever it's unrealistic it it doesn't work and even in quote-unquote communist countries it's not how it is. Even in China, doctors doctors get, get, get more of the share. And, and China has become like this weird blend of capitalism and, and uh, communism that isn't fully socialist. But the thing, like socialism gets a weird rap because it is so equated with communism. And mm. people don't really understand that what socialism is, is capitalism, but with benefits of the government for your well-being, pretty much just you know, like I would say, uh, social security. Um, I would say uh, m- healthcare. 
I think mm-hmm. I, I don't think those things are that um, that much to ask for. You know, if if I get shot, I don't want to go to the doctor and then have to pay a hundred thousand dollars and pretty much be in debt for the rest of my life. You know, I, mm-hmm. I I don't think that's asking for much. Just have have the government, which is supposed to take care of its people, at least take care of me in a medical sense or or when I'm too old to work, support me in that way. You know, seeing as I'm paying taxes and giving the government government money constantly, you know, I, I, I expect that from them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's that's asking for too much. You know, I think it's asking for too much when they people just expect the government to do everything in taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Then, then it becomes like closer to communism than than you would like it to be. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's tricky. It's, yeah, it's it's definitely it's a long road uh, to to travel down in order to yeah. get to, to where we want to be. And there's you know, problems in all of them. Um, oh, for sure, absolutely. So it's it's so hard. You know, we talk about capitalism, and um, to people who are listening, we're not. It's not like we hate capitalism, but there are there are flaws um, that are not visible to us yeah. as much as it is to like the other countries that we're working off of. So it, it's it's a there's there's pros and cons. Um, we just yeah. need to figure out a way to fix those cons um, and to make them better for everyone. I, I don't know. I think as as long as humanity lives on, there's never going to be a. A, a utopia that, that that we would yeah. like it to be, yeah. uh, because that that would sacrifice. I mean, um, another thing for my uh, forensic science professor, this guy was really smart. Like he he was talking about like what do humans do that no other uh, species does, and like the whole class was kind of like you know just throwing stuff out, and I was like, uh, like you know, monkeys don't make movies, and then I was just saying something stupid. But he was like, "Oh, you're you're on the right track. Like humans are the only people are the only species on Earth that creates art as a form of expression." And that interesting. And and he went through that and and he kind of explained it really well. And he was right. There's no other species that creates art as a form of expression, like as a form of expressing what they're thinking, uh, except for humans. Not even not not apes, not chimpanzees, not you know, nothing. And uh, they may they may do an imitation of something that they've seen but it's not a form of expression. And I feel like expression comes from problems. Like when, when you, when you want to express something, people are usually expressing their frustrations. They're, they're expressing things they don't understand. They're expressing things that they want to understand. They're expressing things that they have big problems with and things that are completely broken and busted. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't like to admit it much, but you know, human civilization is really reliant upon science and art and if one of these huge factors just disappears because in a utopia you would have nothing to criticize you would have nothing to complain about you have nothing to express you would pretty much be put in this awful uh terrible bland society that has Mm -hmm. no problems and as much as we hate to admit it problems are what makes life interesting you know those Mm -hmm. are very important aspects of life is if there's a problem you have to overcome that problem and that's how you grow as a human being and if you there's no problems if there's if everything is dandy and perfect there's no art and that's half of what makes us people completely just gone and so 
th- there's always going to be some major issue in everything we do. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, it's sometimes like it brings, it's kind of depressing to think about that we are so hardwired as, you know, evolutionarily speaking, that we're always going to find a way to create new problems just so we can overcome mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So no matter how hard we fight, there's, it's like this vicious cycle of just one problem gets solved and another one comes up and then that gets solved and another one will come up, come up. And it's, it's a reflection of everyday life. It's a collection of societal life and globally. And yeah, like as, as soon as one thing is, is solved, something else will always come and take its place. And there lies the paradox of, you know, why would you ever want to even try to fix anything? if there's always going to be another problem. I don't know. It's very dark. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think there's um, two parts of what we're trying to get at. Like there is the, we, we have way too much convenience. So hence there's first world problems, which is problems that aren't helpful to, you know, people at all. But there's also these big problems that we would like to solve and wish we can get rid of them, like capitalism and like, um, you know, oppression of certain communities. But then also we don't want to get rid of them because we want to experience problems because we don't want to have a bland life. So I think there's a little, it's it's very tricky. It's definitely tricky. Um, There's a big, I think, dilemma in our lives too. Like we want problems, we, we don't want big problems. But then if we don't have problems, then we our life is going to be a problem itself because we have these other problems that aren't really problems. Yeah. It's <laughs> and it, it is a vicious problems. cycle. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle for sure. So I guess that's going to wrap up this whole conversation. What's one last piece of Dom Dom advice and wisdom? Um, I don't know, honestly, I, 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 read the notes that you sent me last night for this and I was trying to think of something but nothing could pop into my head but what I want to tell anyone because I don't really know that much <laughs> uh, like, I don't know I guess I would just say you know keep an open mind and just learn everything you possibly can and don't be ignorant and yeah. be prepared yeah pretty much that okay <laughs> Yeah, I guess I would say something like that too. Um, but you know, we are we in America we have certain liberties, so we we should use those liberties well and to fight for people who don't. So that's sure. my last thing. So thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a really good conversation. So well, hope to see you or hope to see you soon in person and <laughs> talk to you later on for sure take care bye i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode please be sure to rate us um on apple podcast or you leave us a review if you want to and give us a shout out on your instagram pages whether it's in instagram linkedin facebook twitter wherever you have a social media platform please give us a shout out and i just want to say that i really love this episode because it's it's essentially the most controversial topics you can think of and into one episode I feel like um so it it is a little tricky but I hope some of you guys can take away some things that are being said in this episode and if you guys have you know opposing opinions 
don't be afraid to just shoot me an email or text me on Instagram and just give me your insight on the topic I'm and we can have a normal conversation and maybe we can do a podcast together so besides that um please you know rate subscribe follow and give us a shout out if you guys are interested in supporting this podcast you can follow the link in the description where you can donate or you can subscribe with monetary um attachments to it anything is anything is okay any support will do thank you guys so much for listening and i'll see you guys in the next one Bye.